Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid.com. This week we're talking about the Slate. Slate is their signature cable, and it is one of the best instrument cables out on the market, plain and simple. Slate, one of the best. The Slate features a super low capacitance rating of 25 picofarads per foot. That's super low. It's pretty dang low. The only way you could get a number lower than that is if you divided it in half and then never bothered to multiply it again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Back to its original state. High coverage, double spiral shielding for incredible amounts of noise reduction and dur a durable and tangle resistant thick stranded core. Slate sounds great and will extend clarity, tighten low end, and increase the response to dynamics and playing. The outer jacket is also something special in how durable it is and the way that it slides on the stage. Only what parts of the cable that need to shift while moving, helping prevent things from becoming a tangled mess yeah, I've got on a, a stage. I've got a handful of slates around here. And they stay put, that's for sure. They have a they have a little bit of like a tackiness to them, like the, the rubber. And so it's like if you want your cable to not move around while you're on stage, it's it's the way to go. If you want a cable that's going to slide all over the place and make you feel like you have a snake behind you, then you get TechFlex on it. Mm -hmm. But that, that slate cable is, is really good stuff. I've been really impressed with it. I use it in all my demos. It's kind of like the behind-the-scenes cable for me because I can, like, shove it up against things or, like, put it on the floor. And I know it's not going to slide around and get caught up on things. It's great. I'm a big fan of the slate. This episode is also brought to you by Chaseless Audio, makers of the Therme Analog Delay Slash Pitch Shifter. And that thing is bananas. I did a demo of it last week, and I just had a ton of fun with that thing. Uh, I actually feel like, and this is, you know, it's, it's weird to, to compliment and diss at the same time the same company in a sponsorship. But uh, I Where think, are you going with I this? I think I prefer the Thermae to the Tonal Recall. Ah. Like, I think it's just more my style of delay. Even though, like, the modulation section gets way crazier. I just thought you were going to say that because the delay time is longer on the Thermate. Well, I've got... 40 the, seconds of delay. I've got the Red Knob mod on the uh, on the Tonal Recall. Does it do 40, I think it, no, does I it do 40 seconds of delay? The Thermate is a, a full uh, uh, second. Is it, no, it's like a full 40 seconds. Is it 40 seconds? I mean, if you do the subdivisions, never mind. It's a joke. Joel, oh, okay. Joel did a video on the Chase Bliss Instagram where he played and then like he just went silent for like 40 seconds and then it just goes. <laughs> <laughs> there are things. So, you can... so technically it, it delays for 40 seconds, right. but like this, the sound at the end of it is like, yeah, you don't really. There are things that. you can do to go like using the pitch shifter to goose the, uh, the time that it does, yeah, that's but, what it's, it was. but it's base time is, is a full second, which is plenty. Yeah. Which is plenty. Like the, the red knob, uh, tonal recall does that as well. I think it's a full second or it might be 1200 milliseconds or something like that. But, uh, I just like the tonality of it. I like the options. I'm a big fan of step filters. So like the pitchy step filter kind of effect actually mm -hmm. really appeals to me. I've been having a great time with the Thermae. I, I honestly think it's going to become a staple of my board just because, it, it lives in that territory that I already use. Uh, you want to remind us who uh, also sponsored this episode, Yeah, Steve? Gun Street Pro Audio Wiring. Uh, you said that like you just read it for the first time. I know. <laughs> what do they call it? Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yeah, how, I was about, trying to, how about a professional sponsorship, I was sponsorship, trying to remember Steve? because they have a couple different websites. 
uh, one street. One of them, I believe, is GunStreetWiringShop.com. Uh, go check them out. Ryan got their kit in his SG. Are you? Did you get the kit for your Telecaster yet? No, but I'm about to order it. Yeah, I, I need to order a kit for my Telecaster. Get those Telecaster kits. Uh, some one of the guys in our group just got the Telecaster kit, and it sounds like he uh, for a five way switching option for Telecaster. I thought you said four way. That was five. We'll cut the difference. It's four and a half. All right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, if you have some dreams that you want to do, or maybe you just want to order one of their off-the-shelf kits, hit up Gun Street. Now that I've, uh, now that I've done shop. it with the SG and I've ordered a kit and installed it, I never want to wire a guitar ever again. Right. Like, totally, honestly, the time-saving was really, like, is the thing did like you, did it's, you, it's great that everything is soldered correctly and doesn't have my big messy cold solders everywhere and it's great that i don't have to like like go back and fix everything after i did it all wrong right but the reality is that like i installed an sg's wiring kit in, on my lunch break versus you know an entire saturday gone to rewiring an sg and like having to track down all the parts and stuff and like get them all together like if you're the, self- time, the time savings is like totally the thing for if me. If you're now. self-employed, what's the difference between your normal lunch break and an entire Saturday? <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> I, my well, it was actually a long lunch break because when you're self-employed, you don't actually take lunch breaks. Oh. You eat while you work. It's true. That's true. And you and you're scared the whole time. No, but I mean, <laughs> you know, when you when you order these wiring kits, a lot of the intricate details are done. All you have to do is connect your pickups. Yeah. And um and your ground and, and your output. ground. Yeah. And you're pretty much done. It's, it's, so. it's soldering six things instead of soldering like twenty thirty-five things mm, and then 35. screwing it all Let's up. Let's not be dramatic here. <laughs> With an SG man, I mean couple, oh, that's true. couple that's connections true. For, across four pots, like you get into the teens really yeah. quick just yeah. on the pots. And then you have to figure out the switch and the you know output jacks and everything like that. And all that fancy stuff, it adds up real quick, especially attaching, you know. Um, Actually, it's you probably know. like, depending on how you're wiring, uh, it's probably like on the tone pots, it's like one, two, three, four, five solder points per tone pot. That's so, 20 right there. So that's, that doesn't even that's include 10 the, on those two plus the volume. Doesn't even include the. Plus uh, the switch and the output. Yeah, you're, the push, you're actually the push pretty close. pull. Uh, out of phase thing that I have. On oh, that's my true. Yeah. That's true. You got that push pull. So, I, what are you going to do for your Telecaster? This is a long. I don't know. I need to. I need to email them and, and see what kind of options they have because I have a humbucker. I have an unconventional Telecaster, so I don't really know what I want to do. Well, I have two humbuckers, so I'm definitely going to do a, uh, a coil split for each humbucker. But I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to put a third humbucker in the middle position, mm. or I want to put a Telecaster neck single in the middle position. See, I'm thinking four way. Um. Humbucker alone, mm-hmm. split humbucker, no, humbucker alone, humbucker neck, split humbucker neck, and neck. Wow. But I don't know. I got to email them and see see what if they uh, that's a thing that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't. They'll tell you. Maybe it does. Who knows? I mean, them talking you through what you can and can't do is part of the service, too. Yeah. Like, I, you know me. I have all sorts of crazy ideas all the time. So just being able to, hey, would this work? Is, is fantastic. I feel like spending eight minutes on sponsors is bad podcasting. It probably is. This is our Mark Marin open. He does like 15, 20 minutes sponsorship opens. No, he just rambles and then he sponsors <laughs> off and on. Hey, let me tell you about your, my, tell you about my cat. The cat's back. Cat was gone. Now it's back. Cool story, right? Here's another sponsorship. You guys like mattresses? <laughs> 
<laughs> I sleep on a mattress every night. <laughs> How do you send your mail? Use stamps.com. Maybe you should consider it. <laughs> How do you send your cat in the mail? Yeah, how to send your cat in the mail? Cat's gone. You need to get, get your cat back. Someone can mail to you. Stamps.com. Put your cat on and cast your mattress. All right. <laughs> hey, this is Ryan. Are you there? Was that enough of a gap for you? Yeah, it's, I just need a little... All right, well, I guess this is Steve, and you're listening to Steve Cycle Home, the guitar, bike, selling, training, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing... Podcast. Oh, a podcast, you say. Yes. I need to get this magnet out of my hand. I'm fiddling with it. It's going to make The moon noises. is a magnet. The moon is a magnet? I don't know. That's a Switchfoot song. Oh, I don't it's know. It's not a Switchfoot song. It's a John Foreman song. I don't know that song. What's new, Steve? Uh, I guess I'm going first on this. Yeah, uh, tell me what you did. I went to a Hanson show last night. I posted a video on the Secret Cycle Hum Instagram page. I don't think it got very many likes. <laughs> <laughs> Is Hanson a gear-centric band? Like, do people like, you know what? talk about their gear? I don't think it, that they are, but I will say that... Um, in So this is the second time I've seen Hanson. I saw him, like, two months ago. Um... And I will say, like, in the middle of it, I was really thinking, like, man, like, those guitar tones are pretty sick. Oh, I'm sure. Like, I don't know what they're using. I don't know what they're, uh, what's his, Isaac Hansen. I don't know what he's using, but, you like. You know his name. That's cute, Steve. There's only three of them, man. I, I know all sorts of people that are, there's only three of them, and I don't know their what's name. The, what's the name of the lead singer of the Aquabats, Ryan? His, his, his real name? His name is Bat Commander. Well, yeah, his name is Bat Commander, but I don't... What's I the name of the guitar player from the Aquabats, Ryan? His name is Eagle Bones Falcon Is Hawk. it all going to be from the Aquabats? That's not the only band that I know that you know that <laughs> I know that you know that I know that you listen to. <laughs> well, you got me there, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, how was it? Um, How did, did you enjoy the fair, Steve? I, you know, I'm not a big fan of the fair, and I think it's because I'm not a big fan of taking my kids to the fair. Sure, because um, you don't like want to see them be happy and have joy and I enjoy just themselves. Don't want to hang out in Kitty Land for five hours. <laughs> uh, so I went just with my wife because um, my wife, uh, my older daughter. So originally, I was going to stay home and watch. Claire, my younger daughter, mm-hmm. and Melissa was going to take my older daughter. But uh, upon learning that, like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to the fair and you're going to get to do all the normal fair stuff. But then we're going to take a break for like an hour and a half to watch this band. Penelope was like, I don't want to do that. I, I <laughs> no way, Dad. don't want to do that. I'm not doing that. So I was like, all right, well, we're just going to send you to Grandma and Grandpa's and me and your mom are going to go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we went and uh, I drank a couple of beers and I broke my personal beer ethic and I bought Ballast Point beer Uh-oh. because that's all there was. And Why don't you like them again? Because they're not craft beer and I only drink craft beer, right? <laughs> Steve only drinks craft beer. I only beer. buy craft beer. I who, dr- who, I dr- owns, who owns them now? A Constellation, Constellation Brands. And what are they, who else are uh, they on? They own Corona. Okay, it's, so you were drinking Corona last night. I was night. basically drinking the best Corona product on the market. <laughs> this is the same reason I make fun of Lagunitas, because they're owned by Heineken. Right, right. So every time people are like, oh man, I love this, whatever, from Lagunitas. I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's like my favorite Heineken product. <laughs> um, but anyway, 
focusing back on the band. Um, no, it was cool. It was interesting because like uh, when I went with my wife before, we saw them at the House of Blues, which is like a, I don't know, a thousand person venue or whatever. Um, and so it's very small and it's enclosed and like it's loud and like uh, it's just very different. Uh, it was still fun. It was like much more of like a a party atmosphere, I guess, at the fair. Interesting. Whereas um, the uh, the House of Blues show kind of felt like it was for like hardcore fans only. Yeah, uh, where they're, che- like, they're checking your 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 club card yeah, at the door, cl- and uh, there were parts like there was like there were songs where at the House of Blues where you couldn't hear the band because there were so many people singing along. Oh my gosh! And that is not a problem at an outdoor venue. The one thing I will say with the outdoor venues, there are a lot of like old dudes. Like fifties, early sixties dudes. You think they were just like at the fair and they're just like, I'm gonna go check out whoever's playing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they seem pretty into it. There was a guy taking a bunch of pictures. Uh, I watched the security guard sing along. That was funny. Interesting. Um, there was a guy there that looked like Adam's dad, but with, <laughs> but like, okay, you've seen the pictures of Adam's dad from like this from like the early eighties. Yeah, yeah. Where he's like, when he was a long hair. Yeah, yeah. That's who I saw at the fair. Was, Interesting. Was long hair David, not current David. I saw – I'll have to show you the picture later. I saw a guy um, who looked the way Adam should look if he had stayed on the path he was on when I met him as oh. far as like hairstyle. And like being fat. Mutton chops. And being like fat. Like fashion sense. And being fat. And being fat, Steve. Yes. And that being mean? fat. It's not mean. It's realistic. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was at the fair the night before. Uh, yeah. I, w- I was there to spend time with my family. And, and watch en- the village people. And enjoy having fun. I ended up watching the village people. Were they even, they weren't even made, they weren't even freaking grandstand, were they? No, they were that other stage. Kansas was playing the grandstand. Oh, okay. And you watched the village people over Kansas. Yeah, Totally. I can only know. I only know one Kansas. Well, we song. actually we actually got to hear. No, Kansas, I know two Kansas. We got songs. to hear Kansas playing as we were walking around. I think and I was know, like this is good enough for I me. I think I know the same number of Kansas songs like, as I, I know like Village People songs. Village People is like campy enough that we could sit there and enjoy it with a toddler, right? And know that we could walk away. We're like you have to kind of commit to go to the grandstand. Yeah, kind of. But I was also a little bit bummed because we were looking at everyone on stage for the Village People. And I was like, the guy singing is original. The rest of these dudes, I'm not so sure. So you're saying, look, so you're saying the way, other, you're they saying, look way too buff and way too young. You're saying the other four dudes in the village people did not come original. <laughs> so, anyways, I looked up the information on it, and apparently, uh, the dude who was singing quit the band like, like 1980 or something uh-huh. like that. And the other members kept touring as the village people and until just replaced they died. them. And then this guy showed up a couple of years ago. It's like, I don't want to be retired anymore. Uh, I'm going to go to court. I'm going to do a trial. I'm going to claim ownership to the name The Village People. Wow. You guys can't. You guys can't use it anymore. I'm not going to hire you back. This is my band. I'm hiring all new people. So it's just one dude who did like a shakedown and like is touring as The Village People now. And the other, the other dudes who were The Village People like all these decades – are just screwed now. So now I feel bad that I watched. Now they're like the village men. They have to change. The well, name. I think they were. I think the, the article persons. I read said that they're trying to call themselves the original kings of disco or something like that. Mm. Which is like, 
you got to hint at it a little bit. Yeah. Like call yourselves. Call yourselves. Like, the, call yourselves the young men. Call yourselves the disco workmen or something like yeah. that. Call yourselves the, uh, the chief, the sailor, the yeah. construction worker and the cowboy. Yeah. Or like call yourself those disco guys. Or call yourself the Macho Men. Like the Macho re- Men. Reference a song. No, oh no, Ryan. I just realized I know more Village People songs than Kansas songs. <laughs> I forgot about Macho Man. The Macho Man. You know YMCA, obviously. Yeah. You probably know in the Navy. In the Navy. That's three. I don't know. I can't That's think of it. One. That's it. But the only Kansas songs I know are "Dust in the Wind" and "Carry On My Wayward Son." I think the, the Village People have a song about fire that I know, like something about burning. I don't remember. But I, I'm sure they have more songs that I, mean, I know. I'm sure they have. Sl- we really only watched like two songs and like we got a toddler. We got to go ride oh, okay. this, yeah. ride the roller coaster one more time. We got to go ride the crazy mouse. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so this is the part of the episode where you ask me what's new. Wait, I thought that was what was new with you. Well, I was just bouncing off of what was ah, new with you. What's new with you, right? I, I'm back in the flip game, Steve. Flip city. I thought it was out, but they brought me back in. Flipping again, uh, there was an ad on local Craigslist last week, uh-huh. I want to say, uh, and it was for the uh, the Earthquaker Devices Pitch Bay yeah, for $50. Dang. And I was like, I have to get on this right now or I'm not going to get it because this guy is probably getting slammed with phone calls. And it was one of these ads where it was like phone number only. And the guy's right. like, call me. Like, not even text. The dude's like, call me. So I call him. He doesn't answer. I figure, it's gone. There's no way. Ten minutes later, he calls me back. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm on my way over there right now. He, he had all his stuff in his studio. Apparently, this guy owns, like, a like a practice studio sort of thing or whatever nearby. I don't want to give up too much information on him because he said he didn't want people to know who he was because of his prices. <laughs> but anyways, uh, have a long conversation with this dude. I ended up meeting up with him at the Starbucks near his studio and just talking for a long time about bands he was in, you know, like his thoughts on effects pedals, his thoughts, thoughts on the music industry. It's like this old timer type dude. And then he started going into thoughts into like how he thinks what I do is worthless as far as doing like demo videos and stuff like that. Cause I told him like, yeah, I'm a sure thing. I'm going to show up and buy the pedal because I want to do videos with it for my channel. Right. Like, oh, there's thousands of you guys doing this. This, this pedal has been covered so many ways. Who even cares anymore? Like that's when you say, matter. that's when you say you're right. But how many of them are actually getting paid for it? That's what I was trying to tell him. I was like, dude, I'm making money doing this. That's why I'm doing it. And I, was like, I even got cocky and I told him about Germany. I was like, oh, oh the they, they, they flew me out to Germany because I'm what I'm doing. He's like, is those so, Germans. So why in, don't you work some American brands, so Ryan? Important. And then he tried to tell me that about how music Mesa, Mesa, yeah, music that? Mesa. He's like, that's the biggest in the world. There's it, no, it, it, there's it, no, no bigger than it that. Was? Some, but I was like, I kept, I t- kept telling him, like, I heard that this year it wasn't very good and people are complaining and saying it, it's not as big as, like, Nam this past year. And he's like, no, it's the biggest in the world. It's the oldest. It's the oldest is what he kept saying. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with you. I wasn't there. <laughs> but anyways, this dude had other Earthquaker Devices pedals also for sale that I didn't know about. So I jumped onto Craigslist while I was sitting there talking to him to look at all his other ads. And I was like, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take Dang. that. And you just had him with them at this Starbucks? No, I had to go back to his studio that oh, was okay. like five minutes away from Starbucks. 
Um, so I bought the Pitch Bay, a speaker cranker, which isn't a huge deal for a speaker yeah. cranker, but I've always wanted to have one. I still haven't plugged it in. I want to crank that uh, speaker. Uh, what was the other ones that I got? Oh, the Arapnoid. I'm really excited about the Arapnoid. It's, I think, I believe it's Arpanoid. The Arpanoid, whatever. The ARP. I got the ARP. And there was another one. Uh, oh, I got the, the, the Dream Reaper. Dream Reaper. Yeah. Right. I still haven't plugged that one either. Have but you I, actually plugged in any of them? I plugged in the Pitch Bay and I plugged in the, the, the ARP. Okay. The Arpanoid. Now I'm going to say it correct for the rest of my life. I promise. Good, good. So I am definitely. What do you call that? What do you call that effect that like that modulates the volume up and down, Ryan? Oh, vibrato. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to go wrong, go all the way wrong. <laughs> right, what do you What do you call that thing that goes? Wow! 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 Oh, wow! wow. That's a wah pedal, Steve. All right. All, all right, right. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, I'm definitely going to do some videos of them. I'll do my pedal boarding videos with them, and then I'm definitely going to flip some of them. But I think I'm keeping the... Uh, Arpanoid? The Arpanoid for Pitch sure. Bay? And the Pitch Bay is Pitch a bunch Bay. of fun. So maybe I'll end up keeping them all. Who knows? But I got four Earthquaker devices pedals for 200 bucks, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. And it was money that I had in my pocket because I had just sold the Vox, finally. The the AC-15? Yeah, the AC-15. Oh, wow. After months and months of trying to sell that thing, I finally sold it. I guess that could be another what's new with me, but whatever. Yeah. A dude I, thought, drove, I actually a thought dude, you sold that a long time ago. A dude drove for a full hour to come get it. Like, That's, he drove all the way like, down from Long Beach. Sounds like his problem. I know, right? He was stoked. I gave him a good deal. He was stoked on it. I definitely lost money on this whole AC-15 situation. Well, you better flip all those EQDs then. I know, right? Well, I, you know, I got the money back. If you consider the slight amount of money I made over a long period of time from the videos I did with the AC-15, with the AC-15, but then you don't factor in the time that I spent working on those videos. So whatever. Should we get to the show? Your labor is worthless. Do we have? We didn't go over housekeeping. Do we have housekeeping? Uh, I thought we'd do housekeeping later, but let's do it right now. Sure. Uh, the only housekeeping I've got is we got a donation to the Patreon, a pledge from Aaron Griffith. Is at the one dollar level, our favorite level. Oh yeah! I mean, boy. the only levels we like more than the one dollar level are the five dollar level and the ten dollar level and the twenty five dollar level. Have we uh, sold a twenty five dollar level? We haven't. Mm. Um, hey, this is what I'm going to say, guys. Figure out when Steve's birthday is. Someone get him, get him that twenty five dollar level. What's funny is we Steve's actually birthday. we actually have a couple people who are already at the twenty dollar level, and so I actually just figured one of those guys would. Like bump, you were trying to get up. another five dollars out um, of them, but no, I actually I want someone I want someone original. I will say uh, a couple different things is um, I'm no longer shipping patches with new I, Inner Circle members because are we're we out? Big, we're almost out. Uh, okay, and so the last time we got a block of them, I was like, "There's not enough to ship these out." Um, I should just order some more. I will be tell, and, uh, inner so, circle. So at this point, inner like, circle. Tell us if you want more patches. They look great on hats. They do. Oh, I meant to bring my hat over. Yeah, I haven't worn it yet because I'm kind of like I want to save it mostly for um, promotional and like YouTube videos and stuff. Mm, okay. Uh, once we once we get to recording this, I'll yeah. probably break it out more. Um, but because my creation hat is starting to look like I work in it because I kind of do, uh, -huh. uh, with that white front, it's getting real dingy real fast. I believe it. But, uh, yeah, I have the, right now, the one of, actually, I think there's a second 60 cycle hum hat out there. 
somebody after I did mine, somebody did. did yeah, the same someone thing. else has one too. Um, I think that's a way to go. Find find a hat that you think fits you and looks good, and just put the patch on there, guys. But recognize that mine was number one, <laughs> and that gray gray front with black everything else is the ideal color scheme. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. <laughs> Do we have anything else for housekeeping? Yeah. You- you're giving me a bunch of stupid pedals to ship. Oh yeah, all the uh, the contest you pedals. Rat bastard! For when we hit twenty thousand subs, uh, I did the contest for all these pedals, and a bunch of people won. Aaron Abuba won. Uh, the uh, the, ga- the how do you pronounce it? The Gauss Tape Echo. Ga. Ga. Gauss. 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 Gauss Tape Echo, and he's going to do a trade with whoever won the Crescendo. Okay. Because I know that That's Aaron crescendo. wanted the wanted the Crescendo. And then uh, there's the honey pot and the fluorescence. It's the, the honey poot. The, the Rainier Fuzz, the Slow Hound by Fox Pedal, and the Orthrust by Cusack. What is Slow Hound? What is it? Is that what is that supposed to mean? I don't I've think it's I don't that. think it's a reference to anything. I she think wants just, a she wants a mound with a slow hound. What? Slow hound? No. Okay. I don't know. I don't know, man. Slow hound. All right, should we do an ad? Probably. We're almost half an hour into this. We haven't done anything yet. We haven't yet. done a damn thing yet. Oh. Uh, this first one was sent to us by Donvin Ford. It is a matchless. Yeah, I guess, Cobra? I'm, re- I'm, guess I'm reading this. Oh, matchless independence? Oh, he's looking to, okay, I see where I made the mistake. He's looking to trade for a matchless Cobra or a chieftain. Yeah, it's it's of a course. matchless independence 35 head for trade. It's in Denton, Texas. Looking to trade for Car Rambler, Matchless Cobra, or Chieftain header combo. Not interested in cash. Uh, what? Yeah, he doesn't want that money. He wants another uh, another amp. All right. I'm the original and only owner. Bought brand new from Jimmy Davis at Atlanta Discount Music in 2015. Mint. No scratches. Gouges, it looks black stains, to me. It doesn't look mint to me. Check out the pictures carefully. Has mostly lived in my closet with Tukey covering it. Used it twice on a couple of sessions and one gig in all the time I've owned it. Why did you even buy this? Know, it sounds right? like you don't, you like what? Who buys a matchless on a whim and just like has it around? Oh yeah. I've had this for three years and I played two sessions and a gig. Come on. It must be so good. Not going to go into a long bloviating dogmatic bullshit pontification about how great this amp is. All this is Those features. are some good Scrabble words right there. Yeah. Yeah. Bloviating. That's uh, three points for B, two points for L, one point for O. Isn't it four for V? Is it four? Uh, I, you know, I get the Scrabble points and the words with friend points. Yeah, words with friends ruined everything. Uh, all its features and why you need it and should have it. That said, I'm only dealing with those familiar with at least matchless product lineup. How do you prove that? Yeah, exactly. How oh, do you- if I if you want this amp, like you just well, I guess he's not taking cash, so. At least theoretically, if you want this amp, you're trading like another high-end amp for it. Yeah, so yeah. you've got to know. I don't know. Dumb. Hopefully a fellow matchless owner and video someone who's actually used this model on gigs in the studio more than once, which would be almost as many times if, as <laughs> you've used it. <laughs> he's used it more than once, Steve. He's used it two and a half times. Yeah. No, he's used it three times. Uh, uh, so more yeah, than once whatever. is at least... Two-thirds as many times as he's used it. If you haven't a clue about matchless, don't bother inquiring. May also consider other trades for high-end gear, including hand-wired vintage, but no bargain basement sundry junk. And no Dr. Z of any ilk. Oh, my goodness. Please do your research on what the current market is bearing for this amp and the ones I'm seeking trade for. No haggling, bartering, or dickering. 
No exceptions and none replied to. That is all. Thank this you. guy has a vocabulary dickering. <clears throat> I don't know what that word means. I like it. I want I want dickering to be a word that we use all the time. That's fantastic. What do you think about this guy's stance on being like a matchless elitist who only wants to sell to other elitists? Yeah, you know, um, I just I don't I can't process that. Apparently, the uh, I mean I know if I ever sell my apparently my PV the classic, if the, I ever sell my PV Classic Fifty is definitely going to be to someone who understands and is a big fan of Classic MSRP 50s. on. On the matchless independence is $3,322. So, I mean, I guess it's expensive, but like, what if I, what if I had a, uh, Benson that I yeah, want to trade for it? That like, was who was, who was, was in my head. Is that, like, is that on the table? I don't, I don't know. Like, I just, there's so much about this. Like, oh, like you can only use this. And also like you, if you bought a matchless and you've only, uh, used it like one time, but it was in your bedroom. Don't, don't bother. Yeah. Don't even bother. If you haven't used it more than once, you definitely got to have like some, there's some a, cu- miles there's a on couple you. matchless independence 35s on reverb. And one is going for 32 and the other one is going for 36. I mean, those are high prices for us, but it's not like these are like dumbbells or anything like that. Right. It's not um, out of the ordinary for I I just don't get like if you want like these a amp. if you want these things like why why not just sell this? Get the money and then buy them. And and exactly. And I for some reason in my head like a car rambler actually isn't um an expensive amp. Like it's it's yeah, the car rambler 1 by 12 starts at 1700. The 2 by 12 want, is 3000. You probably want cash involved yeah, or something. So like that. um a lot of them on Craigslist are sitting down around the one by twelve. They're sitting down around the two K mark, right? So, is there um, anything that you could think of that you could sell where you would be like, "I'm not going to sell this unless I know the person buying it like understands it and is on the level," you know? Uh no, <laughs> you can't think of anything. Come on, Steve. Like what I, if you had like a cool baseball bat? I can't think of anything that – well, okay. So, yeah, once you get into like things that are actually what I would consider collectible, like that's a different thing. Like, oh, yeah, I got this, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But like I can't – like again, like if you're going to shell out the money or something for something that niche, like – if you're going to shell out money for a matchless, it's because, like, you already know what it yeah, is. Yeah, you're not doing if it on a whim. And I get his whole thing, like, oh, yeah, I only want to trade if you've owned one of these other things or, like, if you can trade for it. But at the same time, it's kind of like you're gonna, anyone who's going to drop, like, 25, 3K on an amp, like, they're not just like, oh, yeah, I just got this cash laying around. I'm like, whatever. Like, Yeah, that I was got, interesting. I don't I, know anything about it. I'm just going to buy it. I got this Fender Frontman 25. It's it's dope, I guess, but like, I've really wanted a matchless. Like, <laughs> No one's going to do that, so what is your fear? Yeah. And even if you like I, – if I, if, I if I was rich, like, Here we go. like filthy rich. Here we go. Like ridiculously rich. He's gearing rich, up. I would just – if he, he was like, a rich I, man, I would offer this guy four thousand dollars. Whoa, like which I feel like would be in the offer you can't refuse range. Mm-hmm. Be four thousand, like a thousand dollars more than it's worth. I would come over, I would buy it, I'd pull a 
a gallon of gasoline out of the back of my car. And burn it in front of his dr- house. Douse it and light it on fire and, and just leave with yeah. it on fire. All he's got is my phone number. What's he going to do? Sit in your car and touch yourself because that's the only thing that makes you feel anything anymore. That's gross. <laughs> that part is not accurate at all. <laughs> that part is not accurate at all. I'm married, sir. <laughs> I'm just coming up with a hypothetical for super rich Steve. I mean, maybe if I was super rich. You've done everything, Steve. You crash sailboats just for fun. Like I made Hugh Hefner my bitch. <laughs> Did you? Is, is, that, is that what's on your list of what super rich Steve is going to do? I have no idea. I have no idea. Super rich Steve would be a train wreck. Super rich Steve is the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of these ads I'm gonna, like the rest of this episode I'm just gonna have to pretend I'm super rich <laughs> as I drink this Coors Banquet the uh, beer of choice for uh, banquets for uh, Johnny uh, Johnny uh, what the hell for Cobra Kai Dojo I haven't watched that yet what I know I downloaded it to watch it on the airplane okay dude okay for real though I know I, I, I don't I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it, Steve. Don't worry. Do you have YouTube Red? I don't. I stole okay, it. So I have it right now, and I tried to add our YouTube account to my YouTube to my Google family, uh-huh. and apparently our our six our Gmail account is already like part of your family. So I couldn't do oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was going to give you like a little. It's, yeah, it's all linked up to all my um, ad words and AdSense. Oh, stuff. okay, that makes sense. And also, it doesn't matter because like. Um, I I don't know when my YouTube credit is gonna run out. It's gonna <laughs> run out soon because apparently my uh, credit card info on my iTunes account is wrong. Oops! So uh, it's gonna bounce. But soon. don't worry, I'm gonna watch that show. Don't worry, dude. You have to. I'm going to. But what's that kid's name? I don't know. His name is <sighs> Ralph Macchio. No, the other guy. I don't know his name. I mean, his name is is William um, William something. Oh, man. I just looked up Johnny Karate. And I'm not even not like a big Karate Kid fan, but I know I'm going to enjoy it. It's it's solid. Um, I just know I'm going to enjoy it. It's pretty solid. But when, we, you, uh, when you look up Johnny Karate Kid, it gives you it gives you a bunch of meme results. Johnny Lawrence, that was his name. Right, right. Johnny Lawrence. Uh, William. William. Uh, I'm just making sounds now. Who cares? Who cares? Let's keep talking about the ad or the next topic or whatever. Let's move on. Zabka. I think his last name was Zabka. Zabka. All right. Tell me more. William Zabka. Now I'm back on board. (laughs) Dude, you got to watch it. You're going to love it. I'm going to watch it. Don't worry. I can't believe you haven't seen it. Have you watched uh, Jean-Claude Van Johnson? No. Dude. Oh, dude. You got to watch it. It's so good. (laughs) I also haven't seen JCVD, which I also heard was really good. I would watch Jean-Claude Van Johnson over JCVD. What's that on? What platform I don't is that remember. No, I gotta download that. I don't remember. I have to download. I, I don't think I downloaded. It. I think it was on Netflix or something. What's the What's the app I gotta download? Get. I know, right? You got Pirate well, Bay. First... Dot, Pirate Bay on <laughs> iTunes. Search for Pirate Bay on uh, iTunes. I don't know how any of that stuff works. Uh, I didn't steal it, Steve. I'm saying it was on something. It might be on Amazon Prime. Ooh, I got that. Yeah. Um, should we do next topic or do you want to ask me if there's anything that I would not sell to is there any, someone oh yeah, unworthy? This, this episode's awful. Yeah. Who cares? Where's Matt? We need Matt. I know. Matt, come back and save us. <laughs> uh, is there anything you would not sell unless it was someone who was an enthusiast? 
who had played one, played one at least one time in a session or well, gig. I mentioned to you this in the pre-app, but it's like, it's, it's the only thing that's popping in my head. Like I wouldn't sell like a piece of vintage, like surf rock gear. You don't own a piece of vintage so, surf rock gear. So someone who couldn't like, who wasn't giving me like clues in the email that they knew what was going on. Like I, if I had like a vintage Moserite, like a Ventures Moserite, and the person wasn't dropping clues as to like being into that sort of thing, I'd be iffy about it. I want to, but, but I'd want to make sure it wouldn't be like so like repugnant as this guy was in his ad. But it would it would be to make sure that this person understands like what it is and isn't just buying the guitar that they think they saw Kurt Cobain playing. You right, know? but at the same time, like a vintage Moserite is like what, like 15, 2K, something like that? Like it's going to be fairly expensive. I think they're in the mid twos now. Yeah, so like even if somebody's just buying it because it's the guitar they saw Kurt Cobain playing, like I feel like I understand what you're saying. Like you want someone who's going to like use it to play Ventures covers. Or at least um, the Ramones. Like if someone came or, to me like, I'm just a huge Ramones fan. I got to have a I feel like if now. someone said they were a huge Ramones fan, that's it. That's similarly as valid as somebody saying that they're a huge Nirvana fan. Uh, I mean, like, like unless Kurt, you're going to say like, Kurt, used, Kurt used a Univox. He used flyer. the Univox for the, for the most uh, part. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't use a Moserite from time to time, but it's like the way Kurt used guitars was different than how the, the Ramones used Moserites or how the Ventures used Moserites. All, all or, I'm saying is like, I feel like know, the price point is prohibitive for some, you know, you're not going to be selling it to some like 16 year old kid who's going to use it sure. to play Taylor Swift covers. Sure. Sure. And that's not intended to be, uh, well, here's like a scenario. That should have been my what's new. That's my what's new for next episode. Taylor Swift covers. Yep. Here, here's a scenario. Like some new player, like some new pop player uses a Moserite Ventures model in uh-huh. a music video. Yep. Say it's like a Taylor Swift. Uh, Sean Mendes. Say it's like a Justin Bieber. Like it's just there as a prop. And now someone. All those people are adults now. Now everyone right? wants to buy that model guitar. Say it's a. Uh, say it's, like, do you become protective? Say it's of a David it? Cassidy. Say it's a, uh, uh, what was that guy? The, the orange haired guy. Who was the guy who was like, Carrothead? Who, no, who was the guy who was like David Cassidy's competition? Oh, I don't remember, dude. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like yeah. if all of a sudden like this becomes like people are buying it for the wrong reasons, do you become protective of something? And this is way off of, I mean, I don't know, man. If, if, Sweetwater knew you were buying an Epiphone SL2 because you're going to throw it off a bridge. Do you think they should have not <laughs> sold it to you? But that's a $99 guitar, Steve, with no history to yeah, it. Yeah, right now. Oh, How much okay. is that guitar worth in 50 years? $75. Or half liter of goat juice when we're all living in the post-apocalypse apocalyptic desert world. How much? How much? How many uh, bottles of Brondo is it going to take? <laughs> How many bottles of Brondo do I need to trade for an electric guitar? <laughs> how many, how many high end dildos and butt plugs <laughs> equals one Epiphone SL? Did we actually do that ad? Because I said we didn't. We just glazed over it last episode. I crossed everything out because I couldn't remember. Oh my God. It was bad last week. All right. Topic that we've been begged to do. Begged, begged, begged. Who asked us to, to do it? Offered sexual favors. What? Nightmare rigs. Who suggested this topic? Let's not talk about that because the fact that I just said you it was sexualized sexual favorite, it? I sexualized it, made it terrible. Now you're a bad person. I regret it. And remember um, how I regretted things last episode? Now it's your turn. 
Um, this is what happens when I become super rich. Super I rich Steve is a super asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, nightmare rigs. Steve. Yeah. Uh, well, I will you, say what uh, is your nightmare Zachary Ryan Saucier suggested it and then Emily Harris got mad about it because she suggested it first. Uh, um, Who suggested dream rigs? I don't know. This but, is a two-parter. This is a two-parter. for um, oh, People can figure it out. They already read the, the episode description. They know what's about true. to happen. All right. They probably already looked at all the ads too. Ter- Emily Harris they probably post- stopped listening on my thread. Already. Emily Harris said terrible YouTube comments about ice cream, and then she posted a picture of herself eating ice cream. <laughs> all right, so Steve, what's your nightmare rig? Uh, and how do we define a nightmare rig? I don't is know. this like, is in my head? My initial thought is this is a scenario: you show up to a gig, and it's all backline. The guitar's backline, pedals are backline, okay. amp is backline, and you're just like, oh, I think God, nor- I how, think, do I, how am I going to work with this? I think normally when you show up to a backline, you at least bring your guitar with you, but say everything This else. is a hypothetical, 100%. Steve. Hypothetical. Um, man. Uh, and this is like a rig that you can't, you you know that you're going to have trouble operating it, and it's just going to be a pain in the butt the whole time. Um, BC Rich. <laughs> which, Warlo- which model? War- Warlock. A Warlock. Uh, Floyd Rose or Hardtail? Uh, Floyd Rose. Oh, okay. That thing's going out of tune because I don't know how to tune it. Um, It'll probably stay in tune the whole time. You'll be surprised. <laughs> to ever tune? No, Floyd Rose to stay in tune. Um, That's how they work, dude. Backline uh, PVXXL. <laughs> You're going metal. No, uh, Crate. Crate GFX. Oh, man. Crate GFX. Old school. Uh, one is that going to be power enough? One of the combos, to be one of like the GFX, like the bigger boys, two by twelve combo. Yeah, with like the built-in chorus or whatever. Yeah, I say that, but I've used one of those amps live. Yeah, isn't there uh, a, the husk of one sitting over there? There is. <laughs> um, and I guess can I at least bring my own pedals? Nope. Uh, metal zone. <laughs> this it is be- really like anything. You just went full like. Like beginner metal cliche. I know. So the thing is that anything that is, um, like, I don't really know how to use high gain pedals very well. Fuzzes are a little different, but like anything that's higher gain than like a rat, uh huh, I struggle with because it, because the way that I play tends to lend itself to like lower gain music. Yeah. Um, even like high like like high power, and I say this owing owning two guitars that I think are a little bit of exceptions to the high gain humbucker rule. Um, because I have a guitar with, with a Seymour Duncan JB and another one with a custom, which are both higher powered humbuckers, um, higher output. But I tend to struggle with like high output humbuckers. I think that get like too muddy. So like the, mm. the Gibson ceramic stuff, um, like the four ninety six 500 pairing i always struggled with those because they were just like too like in your face i guess and sure tend to get a little muddy in my experience actually all of the four and 500 series why are we talking about pickups again because we're talking about just random guitars okay um so like and also cheap humbuckers i don't do well with basically i don't know just give me a i mean you are super rich steve i am super rich uh just give me a telecaster or a strat or a les paul supreme are you talking or, about your dream rig now? I don't know. I don't That's know what's the next happening. topic, dude. Um, 
the the crate GFX two twelve I've used live, but I'm just like picturing something that's like not the even if you dial it in, it's still not great. Yeah. Um otherwise, I don't know, like Nightmare Rig is such a hard thing to think about because I'm not even in a band. <laughs> I mean it's more about like what would you show up and just be like, I can't work with this. I can't do anything with it, you know? Like, or like, this is going to be problematic. You know, honestly, for me. like, uh, the nightmare for me would be probably like a diesel or like a Mesa triple wreck because I would, or like a Kemper because I would show up and be like, what am I? There's so many knobs. Yeah, yeah. What am I, I supposed to do with, like, I've had, like, I've tried to use Mesa amps in store and just kind of gotten like a little bit of, um, Option paralysis. Uh, option paralysis, like, because I'm just like, I don't, there's, oh, there's three channels. At least in those cases, like, the channels are all independent, but I'm like, I have to dial in three channels now? Yeah. And, like, it took me three hours to dial in one channel. Mesa. I think that's really where my nightmare rig would live, is, like, showing up and having, having the things that are available be so complicated that I can't just jump into it. Yeah. Like, like if there's an amp that has just a million knobs like that, like some sort of, uh, even if it was like an angle or something like that, or what, what was that other brand that would have all the different knobs on it? I forget the name of them already. But um, I don't know. Diesel always comes to mind for me. It wasn't like or a metal like amp. It angle. Was, but there was like a more affordable version of an amp that had like, it'd have all these different like flavors of amps with all these different knobs. Shoot, it's bugging me that I can't remember it now. But yeah, something I like no idea something like about. that where like I can't dial it in. Like at at uh at Gearhead University, they had the the studio rooms with a right. back line of amps, but they were all dialed in to be like a range of like mid crunch to like metal amps. Yeah. And there was no like clean fender option in the room. And that was a bit aggravating to me because I wanted to show off the clean sounds of various guitars and stuff like that. Mm. Like that was a bit bothersome to me. Even like the Fender Twin was dialed in for metal. Yeah. They didn't have anything Fender style. They had like this Hughes and Kettner. They had an Orange Amps. They had Rev Amps. They're all great amps. Right. Hughes and Kettner is another one that like kind of, I guess like their Tube Meister stuff is a little easier, but like they're they're more like high-end stuff. I'm just looking at them like. But it was like a thing like. What? I'm sure I could have dialed a good clean sound in from a few of those amps, but you show up and each one of those amps has like a dozen knobs on them and they're all backlit with like blue LEDs and stuff. And it's all, everything's all Chrome. And it's like, I have no idea what anything on this does. And so I'm just out of luck. Like that's kind of a nightmare showing up and like to a gig and not being able to even figure out how to adjust it. I mean, I could probably find a usable sound in any amp, but that's really the problem. Like if I showed up, and the pedal board provided is some sort of multi-effects. Like if there was like mm. axe effects, you show up and there's an axe effects, and you've never used one before. It's like, yeah. what am I supposed to do with this? I've never, I don't know how to get into like the things and like whoever like runs the house would, would walk up and be like, oh, here, what kind of sound do you want? You've got you know, like a 311 sound here or you got like, and it's all like dialed into specific bands. Would you sounds. like to uh, come original tonight? And you have to like just pick whatever. Like that would be super. You are an entertainer, so we would not like you to come original. Yeah. And then, as far as the guitar goes, I feel like I'm pretty. I could handle almost any guitar, like as long as it's set up well. Like if I showed up and the guitar's not set up well, then I would be having trouble. Like oh, if the, dude, the action's too high, 
Or like even something as simple as like the pickups are dropped into the body too low so you don't right. have enough output or something like that. Or it's not tunable. Like if I had to like play a gig randomly or play whatever and the guitar is not tunable, like that's a nightmare rig for me. There was a band playing the course stage at the fair last night. So the one that's over by the rides uh-huh. right? called Metalachi. Oh my gosh. They were a metal themed mariachi band. What? It's a bunch of like young kids, but they're all wearing like shoulder pads, like like football shoulder pads and stuff. Uh-huh. And like 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 they all had like the Kirk Kirk Hammett hair, like super long and whatever. But they're like doing like the one dude that was like the super brutal singer uh-huh. was also playing trumpet. <laughs> And like the, back in the back, there was a guy in like, you know, you know, uh, kiss makeup, whatever. It wasn't kiss makeup, but you know, it's. I want to see these guys. It's now. metal. It's metal makeup, you know, like the whatever face paint. But he's playing like Bajo Sexto. Uh huh. Like I looked at it, I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> there was, they had like this, this girl like with like, I don't, it had to have been intentional. Like her hair was like, looked like, uh, it looked like, uh, Say Gilda Radner. You remember Gilda yeah, Radner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How her hair was just like all over the place. So she had like that thing going on. She played violin. Yeah. And again, like she's you like. You mean fiddle? No. Is it fiddle in I think in fiddle. Mariachi? I think it's fiddle in mariachi. Um, but Probably again, like. super wrong about that. But like super metal. So it's like, you know, like fishnet, like arm bracers, uh-huh. whatever, and all this stuff. And like, it was, it was very like. And they had a huge crowd. Oh, I bet. I was like, man, like they actually filled this whole thing up. Shoot, I'd I'd join that band. Metalachi. That sounds awesome. You're too white. I know. You didn't have to bring it up, Steve. You're such an asshole, it. super rich Steve. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like this alternate persona for you. All right. Uh, this I mean, is, uh, I know that you aren't intentionally doing anything different, but now I can just blame anything you do on you being super rich, Steve. <laughs> this next this next ad was sent by Scott Hamilton, who I have written down as Scott Ham. Uh, Gibson Studio Mahogany Hard Case, $375. This guitar sat on a wall and had a fall. This guitar has a broken headstock repair. I should have turned that into a song. Yeah, I know. Or nursery rhyme. Uh, it was repaired by Guitar Center, so you know it was done right. <laughs> Is he being sarcastic? <laughs> it was repaired professionally, and you can tell. The guitar has great low action and plays and looks great. The guitar's condition is real nice other than the repair. Guitar comes in Gibson Pro gig bag, cash sale. Uh, I said in the group, because really the question was whether or not this was like a good deal. And I think I've seen... I think the repair actually looks just fine to me. So these guitars typically these days go on Craigslist somewhere between six and seven. Uh, At their lowest price new, I think they were $6.99. But they're kind of one of these models that doesn't really like fall off. Um, and I think with their headstock repair, 375 is super fair because I've tried to see, I've seen people try to sell these at like 500 with headstock repair, yeah, like yeah. 450. And um, this is the model. So this is the model that. Um, I think it's a little different. Like sometimes you see headstock repairs where it's a, a Les Paul that has the painted neck. Yeah. And so whoever does it can fill in the paint and and like basically restore it to brand new looking. Right. Where this is a like an unfinished open wood grain sort of look. So you can still see the crack. So yeah. I feel like that fact alone dings it a little bit, eh, but I mean, I guess, but then I look at this, did he say what year it is? No, he doesn't. But, but the, the serial number is there in the pictures. You could figure it out if you wanted to. 
Um, we don't have the picture oh, of the cereal, okay. but it is in the ad, the cereal number. I just, based on the colors and everything, um, I think this is not, maybe not specifically the year, um, but I think this is the same model that Tyak used in Sweetheart. Uh-huh. Um, and when, is really interesting for, for a period, um, aside from the finish, again, being a faded finish and a little lower quality QC, in my opinion, um, the Gibson faded Les Pauls, at least, were using higher quality components than the equivalent Gibson Les Paul Studios at the same time. Mm. And really, the big difference was that they were the same hardware across the board, but they were using the Gibson Burst Bucker pickup, right. which is the same pickup that's used on the Gibson Les Paul Standard at the time, whereas the studio was using the uh, 490 uh, 490, 498 combo, which again is a pickup combination that like isn't my favorite. Guys, um, Steve is not reading any of this. This is all falling out of Steve's head right now. So um, he has all this information in his head. Because I know I didn't lot, even I, know you cared about Les Pauls this much. I mean, I don't know if that's really the cause, but I played Les Paul Studios and just thought like, oh, this guitar sounds really muddy. It must be the pickups. Okay. Um, to the extent that even though I kind of slagged on them earlier, I actually think I prefer the 496-500 combo on the Les Paul to the 490-498. And when you get an SG, it's just a 490-490 combo. How do you, um, I didn't know you knew all this stuff, dude. Where is this coming from? Have we met? I didn't know you knew all these numbers and stats. for. They're not numbers. They're the model names of the guitar. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I read. I used to read a musician's friend all the time. Jeez, I used to take a lot of craps. Now I'm a lot more regular. <laughs> oh man! But I, my whole point that I was going to make on this thing mm -hmm. is that for three seventy five, I mean, for any price, really, I feel like I'd rather buy this Les Paul than say like like a two thousand seventeen Les Paul. Right. Or like a like you know things really went weird like 2015 right yeah so the so the risk on this and of course you have the you you'll have the chance to play it is if the headstock fails in the future but it's it shouldn't if well, it was done should, right and it was done at yeah. Guitar Center I mean so if it was done right. at Guitar Center I mean I have which really Guitar yeah. Center doesn't do their own repairs yeah, they typically farm they out. farm it out so it probably was done right. I mean, it looks um, it looks good, and if they they say that if you have the headstock repaired correctly, then it will never break in that exact spot. Yeah, it'll break in a different spot. Yeah, right next to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nate Cross, rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but the other difference, um, of course, being with these, like I said, they have a little lower quality control, so you do want to keep an eye out for that because I have played at least the SG version of the faded in store where I, I was like, this is the worst SG I've ever played. Like worse than like the most entry, at least in sure. terms, at least in terms of certain features, not all features, but like, um, I've seen some that just had very bad fret work. Uh huh. Um, yeah, super low action and that's great and whatever, but like the fret work was just abysmal and you're, yeah. you're sitting there going like, how can, how can they like get, a, like, how do they get away with trying to call this like their entry level sure. American instrument? If I was to get this Les Paul, I'd swap out all that black hardware for cream. I think that'd look super good. Cream on that on that oh, dark okay. wood. I was like, what black hardware? It's all chrome, dude. And I was talking about the pick guard, the, the knobs, plastics, yeah. the plastics, the the pickup rings. I think that would yeah, look that super look good. good. 
but I always were, remember if you were super rich like me, like you, like whatever, like <laughs> he would get the best Les Paul available. Yeah. Custom yeah. shop, the dog, you're the dog, Les Paul. The, That's woof, how Steve woof. rolls. Woof 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 woof, and then he would throw a bunch of gas on it in the driveway and set it on fire, and go sit in your car and do your deed. <laughs> You still going with that, huh? <laughs> that's part of the super rich Steve persona. Jeez. You have to embrace it, dude. If that's part of the super rich Steve persona, I'm not really interested in ever becoming super rich Steve. It's too late, dude. It's too late now, dude. <laughs> too late, dude. <laughs> too late. I screwed that up big, big time. I'm, right, putting, I'm putting too much emphasis on the wrong syllable. Let's move on. This uh, next topic is dream rigs. Dream rigs. I guess rigs. we're going to stick with that backline idea. Yeah. Like you show up. There's just stuff provided. What are you gonna? What what's like your I'm, dream? I'm rig? gonna let you go first this time. Okay, you go get a go get a beer. I'm gonna go first. Uh, dream rig for me. I mean, it's it's easy to just like say stuff you already have and like, but then like I think the scenario is that it's not stuff that you would choose for yourself to own, but it would still be pretty good. Like I feel like if I showed up to a gig. And there was oh. like like a nice Ernie ball, like yeah. a, like a Music Man or like an Axis or something like that. Or uh, what's this one? Music Man is a brand. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Uh, uh, like the uh, the Albert. Like if I showed up and there was an Albert Lee. What if there was a? Uh, is that the one I'm James, thinking? A Sterling James Valentine. Those ones look cool too. I think any any guitars from their lineup. I would I would be like, yeah, I can play this. This is going to be a guitar that plays really well. Really good action, really good fret work, really good quality control, and even if like the pickups aren't quite my style, like like this is totally doable, and I know that this is going to be a quality experience. And I'd be getting to try a guitar I usually don't get to play around with. Um, and then as far as like the amp goes, I mean, honestly, that 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 Vibrolux that I was playing at Toman, I would mm-hmm. love to have one of those. I'd love to show up at a gig and have that available. And then for the pedal board, I mean, you just throw a couple light drives on there and some kind of fuzz, and I'm going to be happy for the most part. Put a couple DD3s on there, I'm going to be able to do whatever. I'm going to be able to play my stuff. And of course, like a drippy reverb of some kind. You know? I don't know. It really depends on what I'm playing, too. I mean, it's Dream Rigs is easy, because all you got to say is, like, give me something functional and easy. Yeah. That's really all it is. Uh, I think this my, is a, these are dumb topics. Why th- did we do this? I think my dream rig uh, would be something Telecastery. Sure. Um, Bender Deluxe Reverb. I say like dream, like obviously, like we're again we're talking backline, so like dream backline, so like the, something you'd walk into that would be common. Otherwise, like our dream rigs would have just been like, oh yeah, like I just call Chris Benson and be like, this is the kind of music I play. Make, yeah. me, make me something. I mean, if or I we, just I call Tim Marcus and be like, hey Tim, maybe dream rig hey, should be since since nightmare is like something you show up to and you don't have any control over it. Maybe dream dream rig should be like something that you can plan out for your own ownership, mm. like. I've got this. It's my dream rig. But the you thing know? is, is I don't listen to very many gear demos, so I don't really know what's out there. <laughs> I mean, I play through a Palmer pocket amp. Right, right. So I don't know what good tone is. Do you think you would have fun, like, ordering, like, a custom guitar and, be, and like, you know, call up Kevin and be like, I, hey, Kevin Equits of Equits Guitars. Like, here's my dream guitar. Just build it for me. 
I think I could do that. I, I think both, I would say for both him and, um, and Doug, uh-huh. and, um, and really Paul too, Paul Roney, wherever oh, yeah. he is, wherever if, you are, Paul, um, whatever he's up to these days in that realm. Um, I think I've played enough of their stuff that I would be comfortable saying like, this is what I currently play. I want you to make a high end version of this. Right. Um, and I could basically just do it like that. Um, in the case of Paul, I'd probably be like, this is what I currently play. And just throw that little sinker prototype neck on that. And we're good to go. <laughs> um, but, um, but outside of that, you know, it's not that I don't trust the hype on a lot of these other builders. It's just that, you know, I don't have any experience with it. I'm sure they make sure. good things. Um, but it's something too, like where those are also probably the only three guys I would be comfortable like on a Friday afternoon calling and be like, Hey man, like how are things going? Like no rush or anything. Just, uh, just wondering if you had any new ideas. Yeah. Yeah, totally. This just popped in my head. This is a, a guitar idea that's been in my head for a long time. I want like a, a Vox Phantom shape style guitar. Uh-huh. Do you know what that is? I do. Uh, but like I want a teardrop, it, but angular. Yeah, I want it to be a secret shredder. Mm. Like I've all, I've had this idea in my head so for a Vox while. So Vox Phantom with a Floyd Rose. Yeah, kind of. Maybe not a, a like a Floyd, but like a like a really nice like Strat style trim that gets really nice, like loose right. and fluttery, super fast, like super like wizard neck on wizard it. neck. Yeah, uh, but still with that giant Vox Phantom headstock, like the bo- big Vox like teardrop mm. headstock, and just have it be like this is my little secret. No one knows that this plays as crazy as it does, but like. It just looks like a garage rock guitar, but I can rip with it if I want to. And then, like, it has, like, the single coil style pickups in it, but underneath, it's just some sort of scream and a hot so rail. So, what I'm hearing <laughs> is... And this would be non-functional for anything I do right now. What I'm hearing But it would be a lot of fun. You want a guitar, and people are going to be like, dude, what's that guitar? And you're going to be like, listen, do, do, do you want to know a secret? Do you promise not, not to, to tell? tell? Whoa, 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 closer. This is a secret shirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Um, but in light of all that, uh, let's thank our sponsors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chase Bliss Audio. I'm I'm really looking forward to. Messing around with the Thermae someday when you're done with it. Maybe if you're ever done with it, you're probably never going to well, be done with it. I'm when never we get, get when we get the studio built here in the garage, this, by the way, is the last session, hopefully, where we record without video in here because we're going to build a studio backdrop in the garage. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to do... Uh, Are you going to get a new table? Yeah, probably. I want to do a format that's kind of like that pedal show, but shorter Uh where you and I get to screw around with stuff. Nice. So I'm hoping to do that in the near future. So you'll get to play around with the Thermae that way. You could also take it home with you and use it. I know, but I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. If you're using it, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I just need you to sign here, here, and here. That that should have been my, that should have been my what's new after not playing guitar bass for five months. I'm back playing bass at church. (laughs) Um, You can cover that next step. Yeah. Um, so, so thanks to Chase Bliss. Uh, oh, the yeah. Thermae, all the reviews I've seen on that have been super positive. Um, obviously, you've played it. It sounds like it's a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, it is a, it, it's like it's known for being just weird. 
like yeah. being a really weird making like sound making box. But at its core, it is a super usable, super like easy to understand analog delay. And it's it's also easy to get into the weirder settings on it really quickly. But I'm just I'm just really blown away by it. Like Chase Bliss has been making great stuff for a long time, but I feel like they're coming into their own even more now with the Thermae and with the Condor and, you know, everything else they've been coming out with recently. Yeah. So. Uh, also, thanks to Gun Street uh, Pro Wiring. Mm-hmm. Wiring shop. GunStreetWiringShop.com. Why, I'm yeah. sure. Well, how do I screwed it up again? Yeah, go go hit them up. Uh, bounce ideas off of them. If you have an idea in your head that you think is too crazy for anyone to do, maybe they can do it for you. Or they'll tell you why it can't be done. You know, they'll pick their brain. There's yeah. they're smart guys. They have it all figured out, and they'll, they're very helpful. So, and uh, last but not least, uh, thanks to the fine folks at Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. Uh, head on over to their website, thanksforfriendship.com. And uh, <laughs> sinusoidadoptapet.com. I don't. Is that a real one? I think there's one that's sinusoidsucks.com. <laughs> because because thanksforfriendship.com is a real website. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, uh, check out their slate, which is their signature cable. And, you know, if it sounds a little heavy duty to you, that's fine. It's a little heavy duty for me, too. But I've got a TechFlex cable, and I love it. Super Rich uh, Steve but maybe, likes uh, things to be heavy duty. That's true. Super Rich Steve is only running slate, only running hundreds of feet of slate. All of my televisions, all 15 televisions I own, uh-huh. which none of the, the smallest of the 15 televisions I own is a 64-inch screen. Yeah, that's your, in your bathroom. Uh, that's in my bathroom. Yeah. Um, one of the TVs in your bathroom. Yeah, yeah. I have like five. That's the one next to the mirror. The one across from the mirror is you huge. Have to, you have to have multiple televisions when the NBA Finals and the NHL and you Stanley got, Cup Finals and are going on at the one, same time. You got one TV in the shower behind water-safe glass, just stock ticker all day long. And you have one in the shower, not behind water-safe glass, because you like to live on the edge. Yeah, that's how you feel things. Yeah! It's the only thing that makes you feel. All right, head on over to sinusoid.com. Uh, check out the slate. Sinusoid, check, out the only, every, check out everything they do. Sinusoid backslash the only thing that makes you feel.com. That's not how websites work, Ryan. That's not how URLs <laughs> Sinusoid, work. Sinusoid at hashtag the only thing that makes you feel dot com dot org backslash net. <laughs> XX little X big X underscore XX. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash. Last ad. Let's do the last ad. All right. This last ad was sent by Rob Butterworth. That's a fantastic last name. I wish I had a cool last name like that. What? Playing that song, huh? I don't know. What was that from? That's such a weird song. I've never heard that music I've before in my life. It. It's very obscure. It. Sounds like garbage. <laughs> you know, if I feel like I feel like you could buy that music as like stock music. Yeah. I wonder how I wonder if if you bought that as stock music, if that would be the entire song or if there was more. There's probably a lot more. All right, this is a Fender combo guitar amplifier amp with twin ta- cassette, twin tape cassette deck. In all my life of looking at Fender amps on the used market or in stores, I have never seen this. Fender combo guitar amplifier amp with twin tape cassette depth in good cosmetic condition, good working order, missing one gray volume cap off knob. Twin tape deck allows recording or to play along. I believe this should have a backplate, but not included if it does. This thing is 50 euros or 50 pounds. What does that symbol mean? 
That's pounds, right? That is pounds. So this would be about $90 right now, I think. 80, 90. I think the euro is under $2 or the, sorry, the pound is under $2. On I conversion. don't know anything about this model, but I'm looking at the knobs and there's all sorts of stuff on here. Is this supposed to be like a karaoke situation? I mean, it's set up that way, but I, I, my but it's got quarter inch jacks. My first thought is it was modified, but it looks really clean. Look at the, the guts on this thing. It's not tube. No, of course not. It's a big old solid state. Well, I'm saying it looks like it was put... That's all single panel. Yeah. I've never... Excuse me. I've never seen anything like this. This is crazy. Um, I would buy this for $50. Yeah, me too. In a heartbeat. If this was local, I would be there. I don't know why, and I don't know what I would expect it to sound like. But for $50, it's a curiosity. Here's what I do. I was I would record the podcast onto tape cassette. Oh my gosh. It would, would sound so warm. I would play it on this. Vintage analog. I wonder how many of these they sold or if it if these were just for like a limited market, like they just did these overseas or something like that. I wonder I've, if this is fake. Is I've this fake? literally never seen this. It's co literally called Fender Combo. Like, that's what it says on is the... Is it pizza-flavored combos, or is it the other one? Uh, it's regular combos. Actually, it's peanut butter. Is that a thing, <laughs> peanut butter? I don't, I don't think so. I've never had combos. Fender combo tape deck. Wait, what are, com are combos, combos yeah. the pretzel ones, or are those the ones... I with, think they have a pretzel variety. I'm thinking of bugles. That's what I'm thinking of, is bugles. Bugles are the ones you put on your fingertips, yeah. and it makes you so look you like you have claws. So you can... Uh, Burn through the ditches and the only thing that's coming up is the Gumtree ad. Like this is the only example of this that I'm seeing pop up on the internet. This is bizarre. I don't know, man. How would you? I mean, I I guess it works the way they say. Like you you pop a cassette in there and you can play along with it, or you can record your playing. It's just the, that sort of thing is usually like an outboard unit for most yeah, people. Yeah. I have no idea. Here's another one for 20 pounds. The same thing? Yeah. So it's, I'm betting that this was an overseas deal only because I've never seen this in my life. Like it's a totally different picture of this thing here. Nice sun flare on this picture, by the way. That is so crazy. Has multiple inputs for microphone, guitar, and keyboard. Yeah, this is some sort of like karaoke band recording situation sort of thing, like a practice unit. How bizarre. I literally only see these coming up from UK websites. Yeah, it must be an overseas thing. Were they like trying to fill a market that maybe was already like saturated in the US or not like they didn't think it would fly in the US? So what I'm hearing is that Fenner considers uh, the British Empire to be an afterthought. <laughs> no, I'm saying that they they saw a marketing opportunity there that they didn't oh, see okay. here, or maybe it was like a like a licensed thing. Maybe they licensed the brand to a company that was already making these things. Because I look at the guts on it, and I'm not like wowed by what I'm seeing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, 
No, it looks pretty loose. It looks pretty. This thing is going to sound like a very dry, very stale solid state based on yeah. what I'm saying here. Like, it's not like there's a bunch of like exotic. It's, it's pretty components. low grade internals. Even like, you know, it's a ply or it's not even a, it's a MDF sound um, baffle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all around. This isn't even, doesn't even really look like it wants to be a guitar amp, but it looks like it wants to be. That's what I'm saying. I think it's, no, wants to be it a, looks like it just wants to be lit on fire. In it looks like it driveway. wants to be a karaoke situation really, but then it doesn't have XLR. XLR ends. It has quarter inch ends, which isn't unusual for like karaoke. For like a cheap mics. karaoke. You know? Yeah. Very interesting. And it's got counters on both tape cassettes so you can know exactly where you need to be mm. and stuff. How bizarre. If anyone has information do, on do, these, do, do, uh, do, do, comment uh, wherever you are, whether it be on the Facebook group or on the YouTube or whatever. I don't care. Hey, really interesting one to go out on. All right, uh, you want to tell us about the song, Steve? Yeah, the song was sent uh, by Rob Nordvik. It's for his uh, project called Help. It's his Beatles cover project. And this is their cover of We Can Work It Out. And there will be a link in the show notes so you can check out more if you want to hear. All the all of the Beatles cover stuff that he sent has been really good. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to this one as well. All right, looking forward to listening to it when I edit this episode. <laughs> Later, guys. Bye. Try to see it my way. Do I have to keep on talking till I can't go on? Why you see it your way? From the risk of knowing that our love may soon be gone. We can work it out. We can work it out. Think of what you're saying. You may get it wrong and still you think that it's all right. Think of what I'm saying We can work it out and get it straight or say goodnight We can work it out We can work it out Life is very short And there's no time For fussing and fighting, my friend I have always Your way There's a chance that we might fall apart Before too long